You, yeah, you. Rolling that fucking stinking ass backwards. Rap Lab Podcast, you heard me? But you hear the chillers, homies, in the bitch. Play no games, your man Jeff playing Iron Gang. Jones, F I E N T. Rap Lab, Rap Lab, Rap Lab. Welcome to the Rap Lab, Rap Lab, Rap Lab. Welcome to the Rap Lab. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's a brand new episode of the Rap Lab Podcast. New interview on tap with your main man, Alfred. What up, what up? It's your boy, the one and only, the only one, the Rev Barber MC. Y'all know who it is. Y'all know what I do. Always keeping it true. It's the Q. And ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest in the building. You see him on the bottom of your screen. Uh, you may know him as uh, $20 or, or uh, International Jones. We got Fiend in the house. Fiend, thank you for stopping by. Uh, it's all good, man. So good to be here tonight. You feel me? Your main man, Fiend for the money. International Jones. What up, what up, what up, what up? Before we get into the interview, Fiend, I got to, I got to, maybe, well, you probably won't remember, but um, I, I had met you in Nashville back in November. Um, mm-hmm. We had, um, you, I ran into you in the hotel elevator because I went to the No Limit reunion tour last November. Um, okay. Yeah, this was, this is the picture of you and I, if you could, if you could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so with the fly ass dressing rooms at that one. <laughs> I just I just gotta let you know, man. I, I never seen No Limit in concert or you live in person up until then. So uh that was a that was a dope night, man. Y'all y'all made my night. I waited like over 20 years for that for that concert. That's crazy, man. I appreciate that. I just was talking to um Servon about that downstairs. I said I'm just so grateful to be here still kind of you know to do these shows for people who miss. 20 years plus, you know what I'm saying? Like, got the music, but never really saw it on tour. You know what I'm saying? So that's likewise, bro. Y'all made my night, too. We cut up. Yeah, Montel Jordan, that bitch that night. Oh, yeah. Was- that's my uh, man. That's what's up. Nah, that, nah, that, nah that, that was a good night. And I don't I don't know if you remember, but you and I had, like, chopped it up for, like, two for like two or three minutes. And you had, you had asked me what song I wanted to hear. And I said, yo, as long as you do that, uh, whoa, then big time, or... Uh, <laughs> I was like, that'll, that'll do it. And you that was one of the first ones you did. So nah, right. I, I appreciate that. For sure. Gotcha, man. The tours are personal. The shows are a must-see. You heard me? Right. Uh, first question I want to ask, um, you know, and I, I kind of ask this to everybody, but, like, what, what, what grabbed you towards rap? Like, what made you say, yeah, I want to do this as a job? Um, what made me want to rap? What made me want to do this is a full-time gig. Um, it had to be, you know, like hearing Eric B and Rod Kim for the first time, you know, seeing Crush Groove, you know what I'm saying? Um, Big Daddy Kane, you know what I'm saying? Uh, watching the first rap videos, you feel me? It had to be. I was, I was destined to be a hip-hop baby. I loved it from the start. And um, I was already doing poems as a kid, you know, writing. I was real, real nice in my writing English class. Um, but something about, man, when I first got a will for that, uh, uh, Eric B. and Rod Kim and the Big Daddy Kane at DOC, you know, seeing these cats doing this shit, looking so cool, shit. I had to do it, bro. You heard me? <laughs> Figured I, I was bit by the bug. I love hip-hop. You heard me? And I, ain't, I never looked back. You heard me? Gotcha. That's nice. That's what's up. So if I'm not mistaken, you got your stage name under the influence of Eric being Rakim um being um microphone feed. <laughs> really? Oh my god, Rivers, man. He's out the St. Thomas project. 
Rivers used to be like, yo, bro, with your, your voice tone, bro, you got to be like some type of fiend, bro, like, like, uh, like, like, like Rakim, like he microphone fiend. He's like, fuck it, bro, just be fiend, though. You know what I'm saying? Because you battling dudes, bro. You, you know what I'm saying? I used to get that a lot, you know what I mean? You know, addicted to busting rhymes, you know, addicted to getting money, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it just kind of stuck. Before it was some, it was a little, some, you know, First, the first names they don't be all together thought out. You heard me? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, eventually it ended up being what it was. You heard me? Yeah. F I E D. Nice, nice, nice. And it's and it's kind of dope. That, it's kind of dope that you segue into about your voice because what I wanted to ask you: the first time I ever heard you was on "Make Them Say Um," and what stood uh, out to me was your was your vocals. So I want to know. When did you discover that you had this unique, powerful voice that was different from everybody? Um, when did I discover this? Um, it's hard to say. Like I, you know, like the on on the street, me running rhymes or us, you know, jamming to some music or, or running some vocals to each other. Or, you know, is one is one is one sound. You know what I'm saying? And the studio is a little different, you know what I'm saying? Right. So um, I heard I, I I experienced it one time in the back of a car, running some raps with two of my 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 friends, you know, some brothers of mine. It's when I felt, you know, what I'm saying, as far as something happened differently, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And saw the reaction, you know what I mean? And then studio like to hear you know like to lay vocals if something else it'll come to me like what song or whatever right but uh, yeah man i've just been blessed i've always heard that that uh you know you got a nice voice or you, you got a distinctive voice um and just all these years still trying to figure out how to use it properly you know I mean? so i appreciate that man yes, um, sir. appreciate that really really appreciate that i'm still fine-tuning it too you heard me i'm still right. fine tuning uh, I love it. Till this day, every time you hear a fiend rhyme, you know it's fiend because it stands out. Oh, man. Thank you. That's why I can't wait to you hear what I just sent you guys. Um, this journey just dropped tonight. You know, it's, it's a nice vibe, but this other one is just something, it's something you know. You hear some textures like, whatever, man. Gotcha. Um, so one of my favorite parts about the music you make, uh, from time to time, you, you end up uh, singing a hook. So like um part of a ghetto boy is actually my favorite song that you've ever done. And like it, it's um like I don't know, it's just you and, and like you're 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 not a singer by trade, but you're so melodic with it and it, it just flows. So like what like what the first time you ever did that on a song, like like what what sparked the idea and you know, like what got you what got you uh what got you working up to do that? Man, um what made me think I could do this outside of the shower is the question. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. You ever you ever done something and it seemed right to you and you know that it would seem to others may seem like what you doing? Like what you know you 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 right. Mm -hmm. That's something what that is you know what i'm saying i can't really explain it like you know what i'm saying like if that's the case i'd be Luther <laughs> but i'm not a single by trade and um i definitely don't 
you know, but I got something I I hear, man, and um, I want to express it that way, and it'll sound right for whatever that space is, and I do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm trippy that you even asked. That. <laughs> I'm listening to this new project. Um, I'm working on a couple of projects, and they did different textures. You know what I'm saying? Some is a little bit more, like you say, melodic, harmonizing the singing, and some is a little bit more. Uh, just straight, just bars, and you know what I'm saying? Uh, just, just some rapper shit, you hear me? So, uh, yeah, so look forward to that, my brother. You got some more. No, absolutely. When I heard you singing on If I Ain't Got It with Silk, you know, that, that gave me bravado to start singing myself. See that? See that? <laughs> that's crazy. I was thinking that, but didn't say it. You said it. That's, that's hard. Yeah, he, he's our resident singer on the podcast. He hits all the tunes for us. <laughs> that's, what's up. that's what's up. I got you got to give me your interpretation um, sometime soon. You know what I mean? Listen, there'll be times I'll be walking down the street to this day, so 20 uh, some years later, just singing the hook from a uh, heart of a ghetto boy. So that's it. Here you go. In the heart of a ghetto boy, you got a soldier that's ready to die. In the heart of a ghetto boy, if you ask him to live, he'll probably say why. In the heart of a ghetto boy, yeah, come on, <laughs> he, he ready, <laughs> he ready, he's ready. There you go. yeah, man. So, um, we spoke with Mac, and you know, he's a good friend of the podcast as well. And, um, I see that New Orleans has a lot of love for New York City, with uh, Mac attributing Nas as a heavy influence. What was the perception of New York City as? a hip-hop culture, and just an environment to uh, you and others around? Uh, the culture of New York and hip-hop <clears throat> to a New Orleanian like myself, you know, is like, uh, this is what we learned and saw firsthand, um, an extension of, of jazz music and culture. You know what I'm saying? You know, you guys had just did something special and and, and 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 it showed us how to reuse a culture, you know what I'm saying? And uh make hip hop, you know. I mean, like I told you, it started with the um in my eyes, the fat boys, you know, run DMC, uh crush grooves, the B Street movies, you know what I'm saying? Um these were like, you know, Molly Maul, Craig G, um, um, Steady B, Heavy D and the Boys. That's a Sonic, BDP, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, WA, like Kid and Play, like I just enjoyed it all. I loved it. I loved it, man. And not knowing about a career, and those are my first encounters, watching Who's the Man, you know what I'm saying, with Ed Lover, you know what I'm saying? Like I love my upbringing of hip-hop, and some of the first impressions of it was from the East Coast, you know what I'm saying? So very, very grateful, you know what I mean? We call each other son at home. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, it's love, man. I got a major love uh, for New York and the East Coast upbringing for sure, bro. That's wonderful, man. Hey, man, me and the Red Barber, we from Queens, so everything you just said just touched the heart, man. That's that's love right there, man. Love. That's <laughs> love, bro. Like, man, I lived in New York for four years, you know what I mean? Wow. I found a rough rider. Right, and, word. Yes. I, I was out working on something, and so I resided out there for four years, and it was a super dope experience, you know what I'm saying? 
uh, that's why I quit. <laughs> I kind of like compared my career almost like I went to No Limit Records University and like I lived in New York for four years. Like I went and got like, <laughs> you know, my fucking masters or some shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like today doing something with my degrees kind of sort of, you know what I'm saying? Still doing something with my degrees, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, no, I totally understand because, you know, as I was doing my research, because, you know, I'm huge into jet life, so, you know, I'm super familiar, but, like, doing the, the backstory on you and, like, all the camps that you've been down with, it's like, yeah, I feel like, you know, you're like, you're like Ray Allen, you know, you're just, like, always, like, that one player that that winning team needs, you know, and just clutch from the corner with the three, you know? God is good. God is good. God is good. God is a glory, man. You heard me? Yes, sir. I, I am but a vessel and I and I I work so well with dope people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's, it's to be able to do that, three six mafia headbusters, uh rough riders, you know what I'm saying? And, um um no limit records, big boy records, you know what I'm saying? Like uh jet life and life. You feel me? You feel me? Like, and <laughs> um, I'm grateful. I, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I've been able to gel with eras of music. You know what I'm saying? And we just getting, getting to the nitty gritty, baby. You know what I'm talking about? We just I getting it going, baby. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As a matter of fact, I wanted to ask you about um, the posse cuts with No Limit, because we asked Mac this question about the writing sessions. So how is it for you going in there? Are you going in there thinking, I'm about to outwrap everybody? Or are you or are you going in there thinking, I'm just going to do the best I can for this song? What's your mentality getting on those records with Mystical, Snoopy, Mia X, and all of them? What are you thinking when you are on a song with them? First of all, doing these posse cuts like this, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, we're going to sound amazing together. Yeah. But I'm swinging my blade and I'm going to cut something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna cut somebody. You know, somebody mm-hmm. get cut. I may miss them, but it might have been somebody a spectator while somebody get cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on the competitive side, it feel like the dream team when doing stuff like that. We can't outdo the bigger outcome of us all together. But individually, I play my part to be that strong and carry my weight to, you know what I'm saying, to stand out, you know, you know, to be that that one of one to make this work, you know what I'm saying, too, you know. Wonderful. Yeah, man. Uh one thing that uh I noticed No Limit was uh was famous for is uh you you open the you open the CD and you see the booklet and it's like 30 albums coming soon, which I found to be pretty cool. I actually kept myself a little checklist. Um, one thing that stuck out, and I forgot to ask Mac this when we were when we had him on the show, but um, there was an advertisement in '98 for the Tank Dogs, which was supposed to be you, C Murder, Mac, and Snoop, and that album like never never came. Did y'all ever record anything for that project? Um, that is a great question. Um, the Tank Dog album, we may have recorded a few somethings. We didn't complete an entire album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause um, I cause just that lineup alone with the four of y'all, that would have been like I, I, I don't think the world would have been ready for that. We didn't get a chance to, but I, I gotta tell you this here though, now after my experience, the that that's a project you, 
we would want to not be dated anyway. Mm, gotcha. So I, I would say that, you know, you never know what the future may hold. Once Corey Miller touched home, you know what I'm saying? Mac already home. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say what we could do to give the people like just that 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 time space we should be doing. Gotcha. Nice. Dope. All right. Awesome. And you know, one of my favorite things that I came across is that you um held a toy drive um during the time of the interview. Um, I believe it was in 2013. You already had it four years going. Um, do you still continue to give toys to the children in the community? And how fun is it organizing an event for the children and families? Yeah, man, every year we do a toy drive. We started with um a Christmas toy drive. We started with um two cousins of mine, um, Journey and my cousin T Streets. Um, and what we were doing, we're going to Conrad, you know, a park in Holly Grove where we all grew up. You know, say my cousin T Streets grew up in another part of the 17th. We're all from 17 Ward, though. We go by wards. Y'all go by boroughs. We go by wards. So um, we got together and Journey was like, yo, let's, you know, help for some people for the holidays, right? So this is what our thing was we were going to do. This is just straight up what we did. We put together some money, right? Went to the stores and got all the toys we can get for the money that we had, right? I got uh, Nesby Phipps to come DJ, right? He came out there to lend us his service and DJ. He playing Christmas tunes because that's how we grew up. You know, nice. we grew up. On Christmas, we got the Christmas music and all the missiles, you know what I'm saying? And we got, you know, maybe some gumbo on the stove or, you know, some some type of food, you know, and gifts, stuff like that, that whole vibe. So our whole thing is we're just going to give the people, you know, a slice of how we grew up, you know, for that day. So we, we got our little table for the toys. It wasn't a lot. Everybody might have 73 gifts, you feel me? People came out there, they lined up, we gave them some food, hot dogs, stuff off the grill, beef, not pork. You hear me? Gave the people a few things, some wings, hamburgers. I think we did a couple pieces. Nesby was on the ones and twos. And I would get the toys away. That started that one. Hey, by the next one, we gave out 2,000 toys. That's you awesome. Know? And this recent one we just did for 2021, collectively, we had 6,500 toys. And we split those in three organizations. You know what I'm saying? That's beautiful. Yeah, man, man. I, I wish because I run a barbershop and you know, we give out free toys too, but we're not in the thousands yet. Hopefully, you hey. know, uh, one day we'll get up there in the thousands. For the record, these are donations of hard work from uh, my cousin Journey, T Street, Indio, uh, Indio, our energy, um, and um, Journey over there at with Nord and also over there um, with Conrad Park. They're working there relationships getting this from radio program directors and radio personalities shout out to wild wayne that that are reaching out to people in Gulfport, mississippi and they're like yo i heard you're doing this uh we want you know what i'm saying so these are people that are donating as well as with us pitching in you know what i'm saying that's you know, awesome i cannot credit by myself i have help people helping me and th them let me help them nice nice beautiful uh that's awesome um, one thing I, I definitely want to ask you while you're here is what made what what motivated you to get out of the streets hustling to become a full time rapper and a CEO? Was there an immediate moment in your life where you were like, you know what, I'm done with this life. I'm going to take my talent and do this full time. Was there something that happened that made you 
go that route? Yeah, man, like, you know, I feel like this America, so at some point in time, <clears throat> here and there, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're defending your home or, your, you know, your loved ones, you know, take care of yourself. I don't care if, you, if you're digging dirt to lay plants, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to get your hands dirty, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm not passionate about this. I'm passionate about doing music. And I felt like not being passionate. I, I I enjoy making money, but how I was making it, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I wasn't passionate about how I was making it. If that makes sense to you, you feel me? Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so um, my thing was I caught an opportunity, just blessed with a, a whole lot of people that pitched in. Here, man, um, my brother had to be on the side and, fact when my brother passed away he introduced the guys that got me in the studio that had to be the fact that's one thing i wanted to do i pursued and i thought like if i didn't do nothing i was gonna keep my word to somebody that you know i just of course looked up to respect to this day and i think that had to be like a real decided fact as a young guy you know saying that was already making a few dollars doing other stuff you know what i'm saying that's real absolutely Right. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, your first album, uh, Won't Be Denied, it dropped on a uh, Big Boy. Could you uh, just uh, give us some insight on the, how you got hooked up with Big Boy Records and how Won't Be Denied came to be about? Crazy, 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 crazy. How I got with Big Boy Records, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Big. Devious, Musa, Mellow, Fellow, Country. These are guys I run with my brother introduced me to that allowed me to get in the studio. Devious emotion, Mellow Fellows, the DJ. He's, we all chums, we're all friends, all, all brothers, you feel me? Um, I had got an opportunity to submit a intro for a popular radio personality on Q93 in New Orleans. That would be like a, um, like a big radio personality, like um, Flex, you know, um, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? So he was our guy, you know what I'm saying, that had the airwaves, and he allowed me to do an intro for his show. Say his show is between 6 to 10. I'd be rapping, talking about him, talking about me, you know, 6 to 10, you know, call it, you heard me, like shit like that, right? So he allowed me to turn in an intro for his show. Devious uh, produced the intro, right, on an EPS 16 Plus. You heard me? Produced the intro beat, him and his uh, uh his business partner, a uh, mellow fellow. Um, I rapped over the beat, laid it down, got it mixed. As a kid, wasn't thinking about that, bro. Paying for mixing, you know. What I'm Hearing these guys looked out for me. Got that joint mixed. Let's say I re I recorded it on a Tuesday. I turned it to the radio station on a Wednesday. They might have played it Wednesday night. Thursday, they played it. I had a meeting with a label. Friday, I was in the studio, signed the Big Bar Records. After they heard me, right? If you heard somebody at 293, they coming like that. You heard me, motherfuckers? They used to getting signed, you know, you heard me? Like, like that, right? So I had a meeting with Big Bar Records, Charles Temple, Chuck, and my cousin J-Dog. He's an a, a artist in a group, Black Menace. 
they were doing it before I was from my neighborhood, Black Menace, J Dog, and Threat, Black Menace, you heard me, and, and DJ Jazz, the DJ. So he set up a meeting for me to, to meet Chuck, right? They're playing my shit on the, the intro on the radio, bro. You heard me? I'm on a radio, fam. Ooh, one time, the city, go, you know, it's like, a, like, who is that? You heard me? And um, they heard me, and I met with homie, and that was that. He heard me. because, And then I look at the end, how ironic, of the end of the song, I said, like, you couldn't define me, want to die me, nor could you song. But I'm free like the wind, so who want to sign me, right? Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm basically, like, asking for a job or some shit. You feel me? Like... So they sit me in the studio. I got a studio with their producer that they're working with by the name of Precise, DJ Precise. Um, Leroy Edwards, you heard me? I know I'm making a short story long, but bear with no, me. No, take your time. Oh. We hear you, boy. <laughs> I get the studio, appreciate you. I get a studio with him at uh, Sound Service, a studio in the East. I ain't never been to the studio I, like this. Oh, I did go to the studio with Devious and them. While Devious was working on some stuff with Precise as well. Precise was that guy. He was working with Devious at one session. Now, like they got me in the studio with him just to go be a fly on a wall, bro. With, with, with thinking of signing me, right? Thinking of signing me, right? So we hanging out. We like showing me the office type shit. You feel me? Like, come check it over here. You heard me? Like, come. So I'm, on, I'm in there, homie working on a beat. I'm on a wall like this here. You know, and the um, the bass guitarist was uh he was messing with Sice and he went to playing this lick. It went boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? So homie, like, okay, do that. He put some drums on it, right? I'm leaning on the wall. I'm just a fly on the wall, bro. Like just here, and I'm like, I want to say, I'm the best motherfucker. He said, hold on, what you say, man? I said, I'm the baddest motherfucker alive. He said, man, uh, hold on one second. He got on the phone. Hey, Sporty T, man, what's up, man? It's nice. Yeah, I know I'm in a session for you, working on a track for you tonight, and you working tonight. But I, the first beat I did, uh, you mind if I use that? I got something I want to do with that with this artist. Oh, man, it's all good, man. Y'all do y'all thing, bro. It's all good. I'll see you later. Boom. Right? Son. He put me in the booth. They two-tracked that as they were making it. I made a single called The Baddest Motherfucker Alive. A week later, I had a video on the fucking box. Mm. I, had, I was already a fucking star at home, bro. You heard me? I had a commercial they shot that was on the box all day, every day. This was the song. This is the single on The Baddest motherfucker alive and little did people know i think has eventually got it me and my people damon talk about this all the time they i was i was talking that shit all follow me word on the street i got a quarter key like you know what i'm saying like this was like real shit like you know what i'm saying like within my family or whatever you know whatever you feel me um and I remember meeting Juvie at Skip. And Juve and I was running it one day, and he was talking about, I heard about you before I ever met you because of your brother. You know, your brother was out here doing X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, to this day, like, um, and that song, bro, ended up, I blew up locally like this. I'm rapping, 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 rapping. Did an intro, 
label heard it, got in there, listened to the track that wasn't mine, laid the vocals, the video went on the box, it was over with. Baddest motherfucker live thing. It was over, bro. It was over. That was that. It was that. <laughs> Boom. It was the baddest. Mo- it was over, bro. It was over. Like, honestly. And I was solidified within my city as a serious artist and who is this person? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, yeah, bro. You know. Nice. Yeah, I heard about um that was your first single, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know Musa had a hand in it and um Kane and Abel, and I believe uh Mia X was around. Didn't you go uh grocery shopping with her during uh, that time? Yeah, so everybody was working like you know what I mean, Kane and Abel, they were working under a different name with another company. They was working with some uh some accountants. These brothers, these are some college some players shit, man. They had a big players crib in this area of the city. You feel me? Only you gotta have a few dollars to be over there. You know what I'm saying? And they they had Kane and Abel when they went by another name, and they was working on some shit. And I was doing some, I was vibing with them, writing, chilling, working on music. And uh, they eventually caught a business opportunity to do something with No Limit, and I was working with them. So it was it could it had to happen. Mia had heard the single "The Baddest Motherfucker Alive," and um, she got a, a mutual friend of ours named Corey Bush. They call him Bush. You know what I mean? Uh, Corey came and got me and set up a little meet for me and me as she was grocery shopping. Felt like I was on some mafia shit or something. She grocery shopping and I go, to, she bring me into the store. I go get, you know, meet up with her in the mix of shopping. It felt like some mafia shit, son. She was like, just like, yeah, so uh, it's good to meet you. And we went to talk, she, I want to put you on my album. I like you. And there's other guy, I'm putting you on a song, this guy named Mac. Um, So me and Mac, we already knew each other, but she, I don't know if she, no, we knew each other. We got on the song, and she brought us out there to No Limit Studios, No Limit Records, and we did that joint. And that was major. And Ken Abel had me on something. And uh, then the people who I was working with eventually was able to work out some business to when I can collab on a, my first album on No Limit. But um, the first steps was doing, was doing Don't Fuck Around on the Body soundtrack. That kind of really, like, put the the nail in the coffin on making the deal official. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. I like that. Speaking of that album from No Limit, there's one in every family. How did it feel to get that plaque? Because I'm looking at it like today with the downloads and the streamers. At the time during that era, I looked at it as like a team and you're getting that championship ring. So how did it feel for you personally to get that plaque? Oh, to get that plaque, man, um, you know, going platinum, gold, and being involved with over 85 million records. So it all felt overall as a big win for us all. But that one, it felt it felt pretty good. It felt pretty good, man. Like I didn't I didn't get out of my top with it. It just, it just felt good, and I was ready to get back to work. You know what I'm saying? It was more therapeutic than anything to get this stuff off my chest and get this shit off, you know what I mean, and be working with steps to taking care of my mom, my sister, my mom, um, with something I love to do and make money from it. But, like, that as a young artist is always something, like, you kind of got to find your way. The It gone gold and shit, like, I don't recall... You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, you went gold. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay, cool. 
hey man, you want your platinum? You know, oh, you know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. I don't think it just was go back to work. I I never, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. You know, forgive me. I ain't trying to be nonchalant. I'm just keeping it funky. Like I don't recall a gold party, a platinum party, or um, I'm about to take off. I'm about to go fly. This is my platinum trip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it just was good. Just kind of get back to work. Right. Right, you know, that's that tourist mentality. That's that bull, man. Just bruh, keep going. bruh, <laughs> bruh. I'm with you. Right, that's crazy, bro. I don't think nobody ever asked me. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Nah, I, mean, <laughs> I still, I still got my copy. So, much, much, much respect. So it is. <laughs> it's right. Right. Yes, <laughs> nah, I appreciate that. Uh, let, <laughs> let, let me ask you. Um, so beats by the pound, and we I asked Mac this question when he was when he was here with us. Um, who who was your um? Did you have a favorite member of the pound to work with, production wise, or or did you enjoy them all equally? Uh, beats by the pound, enjoy working with them equally. Equally, I just um worked more with um with KL. Um, I worked more with KL. Cause we traveled more from one city to the next to go to work, and and we just probably was just that locked in. But I I, I equally, bro, I, I did great great things, great music, and have uh, a mutual respect for what and, and uh, brotherhood with all of them. Craig B, Moby, just was on the phone with him the other day. Um, Odell, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man, yeah, KL, we just. Common, we like you know we we guys that got fish tanks and shit like you know we you know we got a lot of common interests you know what I'm saying so uh, yeah I, me and Kate you know and uh, I go golfing with me and my son uh, in his backyard is the golf course in our neighborhood okay wow. that's pretty yeah. cool awesome yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's my dog all of my guys but but I equally got something special out of them being in the studio individually like i got street saint saved from craig b um and and, and uh, baddest alive and um and who got that fire and then i got stuff like live me long and um kl and down south slang like me and kl would go to his car and go ride the lsu campus and go to raising canes listening to this shit and it's in parallel when them shits first came out with the sound you know and the testing these joints out before they got to the world you know what i mean so it's a little different me and Moby might go out like a club or go to another city, 45 minutes, Lafayette, go hang out, and then come back another day thinking the studio, you know what I'm saying? So it's just crazy, man. Like, guys all uniquely just, you know, Odell would uh, only fuck with a few. And uh, what else he produced on? He played on Limit Long, I think. He played on Limit Long, too. But yeah, bro. Made monsters jams with all these guys, bro, and got some new shit coming with them too soon, bro. Nice, dope, that's dope. gonna be dope. So you have tremendous reach from New Orleans, and you've done a lot of records and a lot of business with some household names. Is there any OG MCs that you didn't get a chance to build with musically that you'd like to? Man, I would love to work with uh, some of my OGs. You know, uh, I would mind getting some production from Molly Mall, some production from Premier. Um. Shit, I wouldn't mind having a song produced by Puff Daddy. You know what I'm saying? Maybe an EP. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, I'm still a guy that like to make contributions to hip hop. Because I feel like the more great records we make, the more it gives an extension of life. Nice. That's what's up. Yeah, that's some good names there. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, one of your projects. Non-rap-wise, Stevie Wonder, Sade, Jamiroquai, Maze, Frankie. Jamiroquai. You know what I'm saying? You had me with Sade, you had me with Sade man. I, I that. Yeah, you know, just, just putting it out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, Try Call Quest. Uh, uh, Doctor Dre, what the fuck? Minahan mm. Street Band, Minahan Street Band, Budo's Band, Daptone Records, respectfully, respectfully. Man, we'll make something crazy, crazy for 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 music. Like, oh my god, sir. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Putting it out in the air. We definitely want to hear all those, man. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you was about the uh, the uh, um, rockumentary, the uh, Can I Burn project. Hey. I, actually, I actually saw some footage, you know, it showed you in the booth. It showed you doing shows and everything like that. And what I wanted to know is, what did you want the fans to learn from that? Because a lot of artists, you know, they open up and they show, okay, this is how the process, this is how it is with touring and everything like that. So what did you want the people to see from that type of project? Uh, what I wanted the people to see from Can I Burn, the documentary, the documentary um, was this amazing fan base, this amazing support of music that everyone can't see because of technology at that point. You didn't have to wait till I was on the show or I was on the next big rap documentary. You know what I'm saying? Um, documentary, you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't have to wait till then to check me out. You know, you can see your own, uh, um, you can see you can see this for yourself, St. Louis, how these fans, um, how the fans are um, taken toward us. You didn't have to wait to these big old documentaries. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that was kind of dope. I had two girls doing my backups on stage, helping me on stage. Man, that shit was dope. I ain't never seen that done since. You heard me? I was on tour of Mercedes Lexus. And we was going so hard, they was doing my backups. You know what I'm saying? Was, I was like, man, what? That yeah. shit was hard, bro. That's what I wanted to, to, um, to see how people love um, somebody that you support. You couldn't see that. The fans couldn't see that. You could talk about it, but you really couldn't see that. You couldn't tweet. You couldn't go on somebody's direct message. You couldn't, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't right. connect a community outside your neighborhood and a show right. of no one that y'all equally love this artist or, or this person socially aware it is, you know, or your favorite artist. Did you know your favorite artist love this artist? Your favorite artist love this person's favorite artist. Did you know your favorite artists are friends? Did you know your, you know, like, um, did, did this guy made something out of nothing? 
You know what I'm saying? This dude here, uh, this guy here influenced Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne used to write his lyrics down, bro. Just think about it, man. Like, you know, like, what the fuck? You know, this nigga, he's like the, one of the absolute best people to do it. And I don't know what part of the century to even call it. You know what I'm saying? And and he's responsible for us getting the one um the drinks the niggas. I'm I'm I, bro. I'm grateful, bro. I'm a vessel. I'm a bridge. You hear me? Like just to be to not only to be an influence, but to vibrate high enough to make some dope vibes. You know what I'm saying? That I'm still here, but like that's dope, bro. Like that's just dope. You know, to to exist in hip hop and something like that and to make a career. Like I I feed myself off of it. Like right and 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 i'm embraced and people see that there's options to be cool like that person instead of be an asshole like this you know what i'm saying you know know, it's for each his own so you know i went all over with that but that's i I, you know i want to express that that was dope man thank you it was beautiful yes yes it's building a community within the community that's what it's for Bro, somebody did it for me, bro. Somebody let me see it. Somebody let me see how to handle myself. Somebody let me see uh, what not to do. Ice Cube been married 32 years, bro. Respectfully. I, you know what I mean? Like, they may not be all over TV for what they have accomplished on other sides of their life. You know, but seeing a Snoop Dogg let me know it's okay to be married and, do, and, and be a, a rock star. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, yeah, bro. Like I, I, I see it differently. I would love to tell the world how I saw it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I saw it up close, but not so, not so bad. Life happens to us all, but I saw it from a not so bad perspective, and ended up being working with some of my biggest idols. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I got a whole nother look at this shit, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Grateful, bro. Grateful, grateful, bro. Dope, dope. So uh, another another classic. I still got my copy of is uh, Street Life. So so right there, right there in the physical. Um, Wow. Yeah, man. I I keep I keep the records, but um, Uh, my my question to you because that album is a far different sound and a far different vibe than there's one in every family. Um, Yeah. From the sound of the beats to the subject matter to even um, you didn't have that many features on on Street Life. Was that all like intentional by design, or were were you uh, did you have like were you in a different headspace when you made that project? Um, Street Life is the first album turned into No Limit. Like, yeah, let's put this out. You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, I was definitely in a different space. Not necessarily by choice, but it was a lot of different things going on. And like you just said, the Tars, I'm gonna keep working, I'm gonna gonna keep pushing, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was an album that was personal enough to make me want to step up. And I was hearing that we was putting out each of our projects was like compilations. So I wanted to kind of break that stereotype of us. So I wanted a more of an album that was like, wow, that artist is an artist, you know, you don't have a 50 features on there, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that that's a bad thing, especially if you make us jamming as music, but I was just hearing that about us. That's no different than if, you know, they say, I don't think you can bitch press 305, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, put that on. I'm gonna do this one time for us. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna yeah. turn that in like that, and that's what that was. And I got with uh, Beats by the Pound. It was a more personable album. I went to Europe for the first time with Snoop on tour, and um, I just saw the world was a ghetto, man. And I saw a lot of things I just didn't value as much, you know. Sometimes, sometimes like jewelry and um, shit. Like I just had a different outlook, you know what I'm saying? And I humbled myself uh, going across the border somewhere in Germany, and they had to lock us up on the back of the tour bus because it was some racist parts, really, really racist, highly racist parts. And I guess that then they could end up bad. So they locked us in the back of the tour bus and wow. just told people that they just had like, uh, like band instruments and stuff that they were just bringing on a tour or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Told us to be quiet, you know what I'm saying? Just be quiet, don't say nothing, you know what I'm saying? And um, grateful to this day, I don't know how that, what that looked like outside there for that moment because I was locked up in the back of the bus. And this ain't no 1960s shit, bro. This is 1999. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. So that was that, bro. And um, I, that made me do Street Life. You know, Heart of a Ghetto Boy, Waiting on God, Wall for Reason. It made me, you know what I'm saying, go into the spaces where I was at and I had the production and the assistance of people to hear me out to express that, you know, some people that took it that personal, you know, Craig B saying, man, I hear this sample. I want, I, I want to reproduce it for you, man. And my brother going to play saxophone. I'm like, word. So he gave me Heart of a Ghetto Boy. I'll never forget this. He dropped the original instrumental on cassette for me. Or gave me the original cassette and I went in my truck and I was listening to it while he was working on it, like an uh, interpolation of it. That's crazy. I'm gonna go in the truck right to the original till you get their interpolation of this of your, you know what I'm saying? His brother can't leave the sax and we knocked out of a ghetto boy. We acting bad. I, I, I was paying for so we executive produced that project ourselves. Me and Beast Battle Pine. I remember buying studio time and patchwork when it was like one little room, two rooms, some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like um, so um that's another thing that showed us something special about ourselves that we had executive potential working as artists and producers then that we would have never known. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right. So, yeah. That's what's up. So you've been on a lot of squads, elite ones at that. When it comes to posse cuts, any squad members in any camp that made you bring your hard hat when it came to writing a record? All, all those, because of all those different labels made me want to come with it and they all were legends themselves. They all were unique themselves. They already were hard hitters. They wasn't playing and they was going to swing and going to cut something as well. So, yeah, but I enjoyed all the posse cuts. I wish all uh, the people would have got more joints from, from me and the locks. Yeah, you know? yeah, that'd be dope. Oh, yeah. No, no question. No question. That, yeah, I mean, that would have really yeah, I really wanted the people to get some of that on the Rough Ride joints. What's up, Keith? Yeah, I really wanted them to get... What up, Sage? What's up, baby? I really wanted them to get um, more stuff like that. Hold on one second, y'all. Uh-oh. Hey, What's up, baby? Uh, I'm going to see you. No, nah, I was sitting down. 
I'm right here. So yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, we turned the price, and it was it been done before. Neither and that also let me know I could handle my business if P wanted to play ball full time. Like you heard me, like I would step up for real, for real, because he had already told me. Then he's like, I'm gonna need you to step up. You want a water? Okay, so he was like, I need to step up. So I went on, and you know, that was the album. I started working on doing more hooks and things for people, projects and stuff. But oh, uh, yeah, that's one thing I would have loved. Rough Rider, some old Rough Rider posse cuts would have been ill. Uh, the No Limit posse cuts crazy. Uh, Head Busters, Fiend, Three Six Mafia, crazy. Fiend, Iron Gang, Jet Plane, you know what I'm saying? Me, Spitter, Fendi P. You feel me? Trademark, Roddy, Smoke Dizzer. You heard me, Wiz. Wiz, you heard me? Uh, Chevy Woods, Larry June, Jay Worthy. You know, you know where I'm going here. You know what I'm saying? I love the posse cuts too, uh, As you mentioned, Nesby Phipps, man. That's a a, a voice, Phipps. a nice voice, uh, um, nice orchestra between you and him. You guys both have a really nice, distinct voice. Appreciate that. We're working on a project right now. He sent me two tracks. I was knocking out these three projects, so I'm going to get these done. And then I'm going to go visit those joints because uh, a Jones and a Ness Phipps is, is mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, earlier, you mentioned about the head busters. So that's like back in 2003, looking at a project like that, that's that's a game changer. That's revolutionary because, you know, we've seen people from different regions do songs together, but to do a whole album together, you and 3-6 Mafia, what made you guys decide to uh, create that project? What made me, 3-6 um, Mafia and myself, want to do the project, I, I, I think my gut feeling is, is Musa um, saying maybe you should see if y'all could do a project together or maybe y'all should do some songs or work. I think he might have said, man, what if y'all did a project together? Maybe, you know what I'm saying? We yeah. went at New Orleans, right? Crazy. And he was like, let's just go pull up on him. Dig? We went pull it up on him. Uh, after the concert, we're like, okay, for real, let's do that. All right, let's do that. Fuck it. You hear me? Man, it was that might have been Saturday. Came Monday, we supposed to be in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. Monday, I didn't. Uh, they was busy doing something, right? Tuesday, I showed up in Memphis. You hear me? I remember the code to get in the parking lot of the studio. Type the code in the corner, on the outside, the fence yeah. open in the parking lot. This is like you know your family. I'm in the parking lot. I said, Paul, I'm in the parking lot, man. Let's get this album going, bro. We gotta do this shit. Paul pulled up and said, "Say, bro, and you in the fence?" I still know the code to this day. Wow. <laughs> that boy said. He said, bro, you my brother. I love you, dog. In this briefcase, I got some tracks I'm saving for the Unbreakables. You can get all these beats right now so we can go work on this project. And I'm going to tell you a fun fact. People don't know that I produce. Paul offered the chance of me producing the whole project. Wow. I said, nah, dog. Me on y'all production is gonna be fucking crazy. I'm gonna produce one track on it. It's called Hands On You. And, and y'all produce the rest. I said, I'm gonna produce one single. And sure as I said, we made it a single too, like a third, fourth single, some shit. But uh, yeah, man. And I uh, made the head bust, did the project in three days, man. Crazy. Nice. Nah, that project, wow. 
And I was listening to that the other day. I said, yo, this is the one, man. Hard. Two. Hard, bro. Yeah. Bean, I gotta, I gotta ask you, man. Um, so like around 2001, I'm just like, you know, randomly listening to music and you pop up on Jadakiss uh, album and you was on the Rough Rider compilation. So I gotta, I gotta ask you, like, how did you, how did you hook up with, with Rough Riders? And do you have any uh, DMX stories that, that you might be able to share? Uh, how I got Rough Riders is that in the I was doing well, but my fans, you know, my diehard fans really wanted me to be the big, huge, you know, wanted my shit to be huge, my releases. I was comfortable eating as an independent, putting out Can I Burn, Go Hard or Go Home, stuff like that. But the fans is like, you know, it's not being promoted as big as they got this one in their family. But they got street life. So right. Rough Rider was open minded. Um, Wendy Day had a great relationship, work relationship with DNY from Rough Riders. Wendy Day at the time was assisting me as management. And she was like, I know these guys. Let me just reach out. What the hell? You know what I'm saying? So she reached out and she said that uh, you can either be rich or you won't be famous. And I told her, well, I'd rather just be rich. And she said, this is true. And you could just keep doing this independently yourself. You know, you're making good money, you know. Um, then she said, but your fans, you know, they want you to be bigger, you know. And I was like, yeah, at the time, like, you know, my fans, and I guess, I guess myself too, I wanted that big bang for the fans. You know what I'm saying? I did one that family street life. It was like, what can we, you know, can we really, really take it to us? So everything ended up working out good. and up getting with Rough Riders and D. Why came down and we got, we met each other, sat down. It so happened I had a big ass bully in the yard. You heard me? And they was into the dogs. I brought them into the yard and uh, let my dog loose, man. <laughs> Why well, I got stiff like a snake. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> well, I said, I said, it's my dog Gumbo right here. You heard me? He's from the West Coast, too. No, 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 not him. But I just Gumbo. He's like, man, that's a beautiful dog. We went to talking and we just hit it off. We just hit it off, bro. You know what I'm saying? He had uh, leadership qualities I can identify, you know what I'm saying? From seeing my brother and other cats that wasn't scared to pursue their dreams, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and I love them collectively as a family, you know what I'm saying? The deans, man, my, I call them my favorite deans, you heard me? Love them, bro. Love them, bro. <laughs> they, they, they made me turn my hustle up more. I got with, uh, got in New York. Um, and uh, believe it or not, bro, I was producing a, a little bit more all my shit. My, my Rough Rider album, I was recording. Not necessarily by choice, I was producing a lot of my own stuff. Swiss was throwing me some beats. You know what I'm saying? Swiss was throwing me some beats, but to be able to work with him, I wasn't able to work with him like I really, really wanted to. I don't know if I didn't just take advantage of it because I wasn't flowing over East Coast beats like I'm able to now, like today. I was stubborn and stuck on a Southern sound. Without knowing it was a Southern sound, you know, like, you know, and I, a lot of the beats I ended up hearing on like a Styles album or Eve album, you know what I'm saying? Damn, I heard that track, yeah, I played that track, right? And I'm listening to how they flew and I'm like, oh yeah, they sound dope on that bitch, right? But I don't think I was there 
to know, man, you you crazy. You can rap on anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can rap on anything. And um, that something snapped. Once I got with my Jet Life family full term, something snapped. And, 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 and I realized, like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? So now, them same beats, they're in, oh, Swiss. Hell, it's your boy. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Like, it's all, I had to I had to fall in love with hip-hop all over again. I need to get DeAndre, DeAndre downstairs. Hold on one second. Uh, the camera guy, I don't want him to go nowhere. He was downstairs. But Rough Rider was a hell of a move. It made me turn my hustle up a whole lot. It really, really made me turn my hustle up a whole lot. You know, um, me and Jada and Styles Sheik were real cool. I really got along with everybody. Um, and um, I said, me and Kiss was talking about me producing. Well, I would tell him I should have produced the whole album for him. Just on some some solid Southern shit and just some Southern version of hip hop. Right. And I know you did uh, What You Ride For on that album. I know you produced that. Yeah. Um, as far as you doing um East Coast sounding beats, I know you did um Iron Chef with Cooking Soul. I know they're from Spain, but they have a a heavy uh, East Coast influence. So you definitely did your thing there. Um, I did want to ask, as far as um you know those pit bulls, none of them look like a, a German Shepherd in the tank, as your dad once joked <laughs> about that. I remember you were telling that story. Um, so being that you're going on three decades plus in the game, what inspires you to make fresh new material? Um, my bad, y'all. Um, what inspires me? I, I still love making music. I still love making. You know, um, I'm pushing the culture. You know what I mean? I'm, man. I'm, I'm just somewhere else, man. Like my kids inspire me. My wife inspire me. You know, um, a beautiful woman inspired me. You know, art pieces inspire me. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, um. I don't know, man. Like, I, I think I was put here to make music for one, right? I was put here to make music for one. But I feel like there's work that's not done. You know, there's a, a million or more people that need to attack themselves to this vibe and know it's okay to be like this vibe. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think every dope person needs theme music. And I think that's what my, my that's why I got on my IG Lights Narrator. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, it, you know, this match will fly somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's okay to be dope and to single yourself out. You know what I mean? You know, that's why like my, my my clothing brand, Sleepy Bear, is a koala. Koala bears are extinct. You know, cool people are extinct. You know what I'm saying? Like Gary Vee would say, you know, it's a misinterpretation that good guys don't get a shitload of money and get the bad girls. You know what I'm saying? That's a lie. That's, that's a lie, man. I know some good rich motherfuckers out here. You know what I'm saying? Some good, good. You hear me? So I want to bring that back to the table. You feel me? Right. You know? Yeah, I want to bring that back to the table. I feel like that's why I transcended with this International Jones vibe. I'm still be able to tap into music. And when my fiend, diehard fiend fans want something, if I can tap into that vibe too, I'll do it. But it just won't be we're just not going to be knocking heads off purposeless. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to be on our wall for reason shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got bigger fish to fry here, you heard me? Ah, I got you. And uh, and, 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 it's, it's, and it's interesting you mentioned that because that's the last question I want to ask you. 
What's the difference between Fiend and International Jones? What's the difference between Fiend and International Jones? Fiend come out the house and question just letting that bitch rain. You know, International Jones would like to assess the situation to know we won before we even showed up. Mm. That's great. It's growth. It's a ghetto boy. You know, we all seen everything, but what it was like if Tupac was still here making music. You know, what it'd be like if Biggie was still here making music as a father and married. Right. You know, like, not to say I'm those gentlemen, just saying, like, the, the textures of rebelliousness and player cool shit and reality music of a tone that you can grow, you can grow with. You know, big homie music without, without preaching to you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. You know, if Bob is still making music today, I want to, I, I really want to reach and push myself to express some of those same narratives of some of those great people I've named. What if Marvin was still here? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, it's a thought, you know, Curtis, right. you know, That's you know, I feel like Internet Jones is like, uh, like, uh, like Louis Armstrong Horn if it could rap. Or like listening to the Never Brothers in the Trap. I like that. Gotcha. So the last thing I want to touch on before we uh, we we wrap it up, um, you've been releasing music weekly um, uh, each of the last couple of weeks, and uh, your your newest song just actually dropped tonight as we recording this. Um, talk to us about two nights in Vegas. Man, two nights in Vegas. Shout out to RJ Two, uh, one night. King, shout out to Team T, Cherie Baby, Sydney Lene. I got good people, man, good vibes. And I got with these people. And I went out there to shoot a video. But for some reason, after I checked in, I just wanted to jump in the studio. I jumped in the studio at 7 p.m. and walk out that bitch to 11.45 a.m. And I knocked out three joints. And I just couldn't believe it. So what I did was, like, I'm about to just share the vibe. And we're going to start releasing music every week. A new joint to two, uh, every week, Thursday at 8 p.m., Every week until 2023. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, I want to just add some to the content. I want to contribute to hip hop, and I want to find the audiences to perform this flash at home, you know, and do this yearly, and learn new crypto things with cool people like me and mine, and make money and make new memories with dope people like you know we've been doing for the last. 11, 12 years, newly in this new digital world, social media world, you know what I'm saying? Twitter, IG, and such like that, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we've had the pleasure of talking with uh, former Rough Rider, No Limit artist, Fiend. Um, Fiend uh, former Rough Rider, No Limit, Big Boy Records, uh, uh, FDE, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Head Busters, 36 Mafia affiliate, that playing our gang. <laughs> yeah, hey. peace, gentlemen. I appreciate everybody. We'll get the new project is available right now. F I E N D Fiend Two Nights in Vegas, produced entirely by R J Two Raphael J Two. You heard me. Uh, featuring Sydney Lene and T Sheree Baby. You heard me. Yes, Fuck with sir. your boy. But one of me, bro. Let's get it. Why it's love? You feel me? It's big vibrations, gentlemen. It ain't for me. It's for us. You right, absolutely. Got- That's for sure. Okay. 
comments and let me know what y'all feel. Give me some feedback. It's two vibes. Check them out. Hit my DM, whatever. Follow y'all, whatever. Hit me up. Let me know what to do.